You're listening to SuperPod, Road to One Million, presented by SuperOps.ai, where we ask top MSP owners what it's like in the trenches and what does it take to build a million-dollar MSP. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of SuperPod, Road to One Million. I'm Radhika Nair, and I head content at SuperOps.ai. My guest today is Rob Ellis. As he says, he is a one-man band and is building a successful MSP business. He calls himself N365 Chap um, because he focuses completely on Microsoft 365. And he's going to be talking to us today about how he transitioned from consulting to MSP, the power of specializing, and how to build a successful solo MSP business. Welcome, Rob. Really glad to have you here with us today. Hi. Thanks very much. Glad to be here. So, Rob, let's uh, get into it right away. You know, I wanted to understand why did you decide to go solo? Why not, you know, hire a team of technicians? Why, why the uh, attraction of being a one-man band? Well, I, I kind of almost fell into it by accident. So historically, I was a, a permanent employee in, in various IT departments. Uh, and, and then like a lot of people in, in the kind of early 2000s, mid 2000s, I went contracting. Um, and as part of that contracting, you, you meet people. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, and over time, I kind of gained those contacts who then uh, come back to me and, and said, oh, could you help me with this? Or I, I know this guy who's got this company, could, could you help him with something? And I had the limited company that I'd, I'd created a, as an invoicing vehicle, really, for, for contracting. And uh, I started kind of using it to do almost side projects and so on, alongside having a nine to five, Monday to Friday type contract role. Um, fast forward to kind of the end of uh, 2018, beginning of 2019, I, I was finding more and more um, people coming to me on, on things like people per hour and um, uh, guru.com uh, and, and the like, um, that kind of gig economy and all quite small jobs, you know, a, a migration mm -hmm. to Microsoft 365 here, troubleshooting someone's outlook issues there, um, sort of piecemeal jobs still alongside the contracting. Um, and it came to the point where I was able to look at it and go, do you know what, I could actually transition out and, and do this full time. Um, and effectively during 2020 and then later on into 2021, that's exactly what I've done. So I, I now I don't do contracting anymore. I just do that mixture of uh, kind of projects, so things like migrations um, or SharePoint intranets. Um, and uh, as part of those projects, a lot of those customers, albeit they tend to be quite small ones, uh, probably average size is maybe 30 or 40 users. Biggest is, is probably maybe 100 or so users. Um, and some as low as, you know, one and two. Um, a lot of those smaller organizations have, have said, if we have issues in the future, can, can we just call you? Can, can, can you help us out in, in terms of uh, support? And, and I said, yeah, absolutely fine. Um, then I've started looking into what is an MSP? Uh, how is that different from what I'm doing? And, and then mm -hmm. you start finding things about monthly recurring revenue and partnering up to get, um, uh, to be able to resell Microsoft licenses and so on, because previously it was a case of, yes, I'll fix it and then I'll just invoice you for my time. Um, okay. But it's then a case of, okay, in an ideal world, I, I would be turning this into more of an ongoing revenue stream. Okay, so let, let's partner up with, in my case, PAX 8 in, in terms of the Microsoft licensing. Um, that then enables me to look at, okay, now I can offer other things as well. I can offer you a third-party backup um, because Microsoft don't. 
um, I can offer you um, web filtering, I can offer you a password manager and, and then build up those packages. Um, right. but, it, but in short, the, the um, why just me is right now, it, it feels like it only needs to be me. Um, kind of medium to long term, I, I may well look at outsourcing certain things, maybe kind of overflow ticketing or, or help desk. Um, maybe if uh, people come to me with a very specific requirement that um, I'm not able to uh, support them with. So, for example, um, Power BI, it's part of 365, but I know very little about it. And frankly, I, I don't have the time or to a certain extent that that kind of mindset to, to do that kind of stuff. I know a guy similarly with Power Apps. Again, big part of 365 and a growing part of 365, but not something I've, I've got that my head around. Again, I know another guy. Um, and, and I think a, a lot of that is that idea of if you can't do it, don't say no, say yes, and then find someone to help. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of that goes on as, as I'm finding in, in the MSP community, either be other MSPs coming to me and saying you do power automate, don't you? Yep. What, what does your client need? Because they don't have the skills. Um, because I think a lot of MSPs or, or what are now termed MSPs historically have They'll sell you a PC. They'll uh, maybe migrate your email to 365. They'll fix your printer. They'll look after your firewalls, but they don't necessarily know that much about some of the um, the more kind of modern workplace functionalities, power automate, right. forms, um, power apps, power BR, all, all, all those kind of core functionalities, Microsoft Teams and, and all the great stuff that, that does. Um, whereas, as I say, they'll, they'll happily sell you a box and, and support it. Um, but for other things, some of them come to me um, and equally some clients will come direct to me and go we've got the guys that look after our PCs but they've recommended or, or they've said no you, you we, we can't help you with that you need to go and find someone else and, and they end up contacting me um, right. yeah right 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 now just me right got it and I want to definitely come back and uh, talk about talk make you talk about uh, more about the entire partnering with other MSPs part of it. But before that, I wanted to also understand you were mentioning this a bit about how, you know, having that consulting uh, model really had to transition or bring in more clients and, you know, move into that entire MSP model itself. So I wanted to understand that a bit more on how you made that happen and how having that uh, you know the consulting model really helped you build this side of the business yeah so a, a lot of the work I, I did kind of at the beginning and, and actually uh, probably a good percentage of what I do even today is that kind of project-based consulting based thing and I think with a lot of that it's client comes to you with a, a specific requirement like they're having a problem they think that in this case Microsoft 365 or some part of it is something that they can use they just have no idea how to use it to do that um, and that then enables me to kind of build that relationship with them as an organization but also deliver visible value to them in terms of we've solved a problem we've hopefully saved you some time perhaps by automating something automating a, a business process mm -hmm. um, which ultimately saves them money. Um, what they then look at is what, well, okay, and I kind of help and encourage them to look at is right, what else could you be doing? And could you be using 3654? And hopefully then they come back to me and go, it was great, you helped us with problem A, we've now identified something else, can you help us with that? Um, and then as part of that, if that then involves conversations around uh, almost those side conversations about, oh, um, we, we have a lot of issues with Outlook. 
um, or uh, do you know um, any, anyone we can talk to about um, replacing our hardware or whatever it mm-hmm. might be that then enables me to potentially upsell and originally I, I wouldn't have gone looking for that it's a case of oh no I, I don't really do PCs or, or Macs I'll, I'll just do 365 it's that level of niche but what I've come to understand is it actually helps me in the long run, particularly for those repeat business kind of customers. If I do already have you know that agent deployed, or if I'm managing their web filtering, or if I've got kind of continuous access to their tenant in 365, because it means when mm-hmm. they do phone up and either ask for something new or they've broken something, I don't have to kind of go, oh, can you add me, uh, give me permission or whatever. I've already got the access. So you right. know, maintaining and, and, and hopefully being able to grow on those relationships, I, I think is really, really important. Right. Yeah, that's an imp- interesting point, right? Building on the relationship and ensuring that, that they come back to you for more, right? That, yeah. That's an important part of it. And and you also mentioned about the um, recurring revenue part of it, right? So have you now transitioned fully into that model or is it still partly... It, it's- it's it's kind of in progress, yeah. So I I have a, a few customers who are um, kind of managed. Um, so you know, I am getting that recurring revenue. Um, I've tried certainly over the last year or so. I, I've moved not all, but certainly the majority of my customers. I am now doing the Microsoft billing for. So I'm, I'm making a little bit on that, but mm-hmm. uh, you know it's 15, 20 percent. Um, but in terms of that kind of package, um, that, the, the, the managed service, um, yeah, I, I've only got a, a small number of customers. Um, but intriguingly, I'm, I'm actually talking to one over, you know, last week and, and this week, uh, an existing BreakFix customer um, th- that are keen because they're expanding. They're keen to get me to do more, essentially. Right. So we're, we're, we're talking about a managed service now, which is which is good from their point of view and is also clearly good from, from my point of view. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's kind of slowly progressing. Um, and as I said uh, earlier, it it was never really. I didn't set out to become a, a, an MSP. Uh, I, I I set out to be a, a consultant. But it just happens. It absolutely makes sense to, to take advantage of that monthly recurring revenue wherever possible. Um, but also to to stay within the, that core idea of helping organizations get the most out of what they're paying for. And the thing is, if, if I have a customer that literally just wants me to do something and then say goodbye, that's absolutely fine too. Um, because I, I don't want to tread on anyone's toes in terms of if they have an existing provider. And, and actually with some of them, the existing provider has been really helpful. And I've ended up then working with that existing provider with some of their other clients. So right. everybody wins in that in that regard. Great. I also wanted to, uh, I wanted you to talk more about, you know, specializing. You really focus only on Microsoft 365. Yes, absolutely. So if you can talk more about how that has helped, why you decided not to go into, you know, offering multiple different uh, streams of, or, you know, different products or different, focusing on different verticals. Why? Only sure. Yeah, I mean, essentially, it, it's it's partly down to my background in terms of I've always worked in the Microsoft space. Um, so when I first got into IT, it was when I was at university, it was a, a placement year. Um, and it was a Microsoft house, as, as a lot of businesses were in, in, in the kind of late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I've been working with products like Exchange, SharePoint and so on. SharePoint I've been working with since 2008. So it's probably the, the, the bit that I've spent the most hours on, as it were. Um, and in terms of things like Amazon or um, G Suite and so on, I have a, a high level understanding of those platforms and what their capabilities are, but I really only get involved with them in terms of migrating people away from, say, G Suite and migrating them into 365. Um, and again, because it is just me, 
it doesn't really make sense from my point of view to have to go and learn the intricacies of administering, for example, the, the Google platform, as well as trying desperately to keep up to date with what's going on in the Microsoft space, which in itself is, is near on impossible because of the rate of change. Um, and I know it's Inspire, uh, Microsoft Inspire conference uh, the, the last couple of days. So I'm, I'm just waiting to see all the, the blog posts and, and the, uh, the bits and pieces that have been announced there because I... Right. I'm, I'm, I'm working, I'm doing billable time, which means I don't have time, unfortunately, to, to be watching webcasts um, during the day and so on. Um, but yeah, that kind of niche in terms of 365, but 365 is, is so big, it's, it's kind of like, almost like a really, really large niche. Um, but what I don't do is I don't sort of niche in terms of my client, other than I suppose perhaps the size in, in terms of, because it's me, I'm not really in a position to say, I'm gonna provide a managed service to a 500 user organization. It just wouldn't physically be possible at this point. But over time, there's nothing stopping me kind of going, well, my largest client is currently, I don't know, 40 or 50 users and I could manage them. But equally, I could get another 40 or 50 user client who are much more needy, if that makes sense. And that would push me over to needing to go, do you know what, I need to outsource level one. Uh, or outsource mm. ticketing or whatever it may be. Um, but that's it's kind of a longer term thing. Right. And um, the other thing I wanted to understand and going back to what you mentioned earlier about working with other MSPs, right? Yep. So that's something that I've, um, you know, I keep hearing from other solo MSPs. So those who want to start out, who are thinking of going solo, maybe they are techs in uh, other MSP uh, businesses or have are working in an internal IT team and want to start out. But there is that concern. How will I manage all of it uh, as a solo MSP? Yeah. You know, how do you take uh, time off? How do you take, uh, you know, if you fall ill, what do you do? So I wanted to understand that. How how do you manage? How how is it uh, being well, part partnering with other MSPs? How how does it really work? I, I think that one one of the key things is knowing your limits in in terms of uh, partly how much you can take on because there's only. 24 hours in a day and there's only seven days in a week and we all need some downtime absolutely right. and I think that that community aspect so things like um, the, the MSP reddit uh, things like the tech tribe uh, which I'm a member um, and others are available um, that idea of you know people going on there and saying uh, I, I've got this holiday booked um, I, I need someone to help me cover it it might not involve anything it's literally just be at the end of a phone if something breaks um, and people are, are quite happy to do that and they're happy to help out because it's not it's, it's not competition it's it's helping someone in the same situation out um the other aspect of it is a lot of the work i do for other msps is project based so actually i'm not really supporting anything so i can kind of do it hand it over and an and invoice for it and, and that's fine and if they come back in the future they need enhancements or something does break then, then i can assist them with it um but it's it's that kind of um, almost demarcation um, but I think in terms of the support piece of it, the um, one of the tricks there is to uh, kind of automate as much as you can um, in, in terms of um, alerting and bits and pieces and have a good PSA in, in place. Um, and also then be upfront with, with your customers. I mean, particularly on, on the smaller side of it, as I say, a lot of my customers are, are quite small, you know, a handful of users, if, if not smaller, and they understand. They, they, they're quite happy to say, oh, do you know what? Yeah, if it's a problem, if it's really, really bad, we'll, we'll WhatsApp you or, or, or send a ticket in or whatever. And in an ideal world, I, I would switch off all my technology and then go on holiday for somewhere hot for two weeks. But in practice, I don't think, even outside of this industry, I don't think anybody ever truly switches off, sadly. 
because yes. we're, we're just we're, we're always checking Facebook, so we might as well check the ticketing system yes. um, and, and just have a look. But as I say, having having those processes, having that backup of I know a guy who I can phone up and go, I'm off over the bank holiday weekend. I don't expect this to be a problem, but would you mind just keeping an eye on things? Um, I think a, a lot of that goes on and, and that's absolutely fine. And I've done that for people and people have done that for me. Um, and having having understanding customers is 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 clearly key. Um, but I think that it almost comes with the territory in terms of having a small business. If you're supporting small businesses, small businesses understand small businesses. Um, they understand the limitations. They, un they understand the pros and the cons. Um, and, and as one of my one of my prospects that I was speaking to last week, um, uh, they, they'd done a Google search for uh, SharePoint consulting locally and effectively it, it's a person who who literally lives just up the road from me um and and she said she, she right. understands that it really doesn't matter but it's almost it feels better if you know it's someone up the road even if probably we never need to meet face to face the fact that we could makes it, it kind of gives you that warm and fuzzy feeling um that said right. i've got i've got customers all over the uk and 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 um uh, uh in Ireland, certainly, and a couple of customers in, in America who I will almost certainly never meet face to face other than Zoom teams and, and so on. Um, but that doesn't matter. But you, you can be kind of hyper local and you can be global, um, you know, providing the same services with the same success rate and, and with the same um, customer satisfaction. Right. And I also wanted to understand when you're working with other MSPs, right, any any set of best practices that you follow or anything like that, a set of you know, maybe even unsaid rules, but, you know, best practices that you follow to ensure that things go smoothly, that there's no issue, there are no concerns. Sure. I, I think one of the one of the important things, particularly with the project based stuff is scope, um, especially with things like SharePoint. And when you're looking at automations and so on and, and, and building processes and automating mm -hmm. things, it's very, very easy for the scope to creep. And it's like, oh, could we also get it to do that? Yes, but let's park that um, and, and ideally um, almost spend more time up front gathering the requirements and getting them signed off in blood um, because then you can go back to it and go, we've done what we said we were going to do. If we need to change that, then there will be an impact on time or cost or complexity or whatever that may be. And most of the time when that happens, they're fine with it because they want it to be right. They want it to do whatever extra it is, and they're generally happy with whatever increases it is. But every now and then it will be, no, hang on, we, we do have to say stop. Um, I think generally ha having having things in writing, and I, and I say things because it, it's very generic, um, have an NDA in place, um, have, um, uh, you know, have them accept your standard terms and conditions, or you accept their standard terms and conditions. You have, have that kind of formal legal relationship um, if if it's their process to raise a purchase order, do them a quote and get a purchase order number, um, because the last thing you want is to send an invoice and, and then after like a month or whatever, it's like, oh, why haven't you paid my invoice? Oh, because it, it didn't have a PO on it um, and, and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and also work out up front and kind of agree up front, right, am I, am I billing the client or am I billing you and you're billing the client? Am I white labeling and logging in with one of your email addresses? Because I, right. I work I work in all those different ways. It just depends. Sometimes they're literally, oh, speak to Rob, here's his email address. And that's absolutely fine. Um, there's others where I've got, you know, I've got three or four different email addresses and from, from different companies. And, and it's a case of, well, who am I today? Um, you know, which, which am, I, am I sending this meeting invite from the right email account um, and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and then the, um, the other aspect of it is, is the, the output, the documentation 
for example, in terms of, right, well, as, as MSPA that I'm doing a project for, what do you need in order to then support the client? What do you need me to document? Because some of them sure. don't seem to document stuff, to be fair, and others, they've got templates, they've got processes and so on. Okay. And it's, it's a case of, right, we, we need to make sure we're covering the time for that because we're telling the client it's going to take two days, but actually you want to add half a day. And it's, you know, is, is that built to the client or is it just internal and so on? Um, so yeah, this, it, it, it's, it's kind of multifaceted, I think. Right. And, um, you know, when, when you are a solo MSP, right. Uh, and you are, you know, doing a lot of this on your own day, daily, uh, managing of the daily operations of the business, right. Doing the support, doing the projects, doing the, uh, entire management of it. So how, how do you ensure that, you know, the sales part of it the marketing part of it the you know the business side of things right how how do you ensure that that also happens and the tech side of things you know don't take up all the time and that that is a challenge for me uh, I, I have to say but i'm not a business person um i i have a company i have an accountant or an accounting firm that, that, that deal with all of the um the, the kind of the bookkeeping side of it but i still have to raise the invoices do the uh, the, the the twitter posts um participating in conversations on linkedin and so on um and and it is yeah it's difficult to carve out time and, and kind of go right on on i'm going to spend a couple of hours doing some stuff for linkedin or whatever that might be um or as i'm doing at the moment i'm i'm, I'm looking at that that kind of rebrand and and uh, redoing my website um and um Google ads, I've got Google ads running. I have a company that I pay to kind of manage the, the, the ads and the words and the copy and all that kind of stuff. Um, and with some of these things, it's a case of, I know I can just pay them the money and they deal with it and they're very good at it. And there's others where it's a case of, I'll pay you the money and you'll do it, but I actually need to keep an eye on it because I'm, I'm a little bit of a control freak um, in, in terms of if, if you want a job doing well, do it yourself kind of thing. But I understand that there are like Google ads. I just, I know nothing about them. I can look at the analytics and I can look at the results and go, this ad is, is working better than this ad. But in terms of the config of those things, I'll just email them and say, can we tweak that one? Because I don't think it's working very well. And then they'll, they'll do their thing. And I'm, I'm quite, they're the experts. Right. I do 365, they do Google ads. That, that's, that's, that's the key thing. And, you know, in, insert product name here. Um, but yeah, it, it's um, it's a learning curve, and it's a, it's a constant learning curve, to, to be honest. And and that's that's really how it should be, because when we get to the point that where we think we know everything about what it is we're doing, we're probably missing the point. Because certainly three six five moves on, and all these other technologies, um, be it a marketing platform, be it LinkedIn, be it Google Ads, they're all moving on as well. So it's a case of I don't really I, I don't have the time to spend to become an expert in all these things. I don't even consider myself an expert in the whole of 365. As I say, Power BI, Power Apps, no, find, find someone else. Um, it, it's, uh, it's getting that comfort level and, and knowing when to ask for help or knowing when to outsource something. Um, and, and I think that that kind of sales process and um, you know, the, 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 the wording and, and the proposals and, and the quotes and, and bits and pieces are, um, they're a work in progress, I, I would say. Got it. So, so would you say this is your biggest challenge, or you know, if you could tell me what your yes, I, I would say so. Yeah, the, the 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 technical stuff I do on a day to day basis, I'm I'm quite happy with. Um, and and if nothing else, I'm really really good at googling things. Um, but in terms of some of the kind of the the, the softer aspects of it, I, I guess is 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 the way to term it. Um, yeah, that that is a not it's not a challenge that's keeping me awake at night. 
but um, it, it's it's a challenge that needs to be met because otherwise, at some point, the the, the work is going to dry up. Um, you know, fingers crossed it won't. Um, and in actual fact, a lot of what I get is through referrals, either from some of those MSPs or just word of mouth, um, which is good because that that's absolutely the, the best kind of advertising, really. Um, but being able to supplement that and go, actually, I am generating my own leads and so on directly. That's going to be a really, really good thing to have as well, because you, you can't have too many leads. Right. And in fact, that ties in very well with my next question. I was about to ask you about, you know, how what's your biggest channel of truth? What when you look back at what has grown your business, what would you call that? And is referral one of those uh, channels? How, how, how do you ensure that, you know, yeah, that is I really working? That's it is very much. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, it, it's engaging without selling. Um, it's having those conversations on LinkedIn. It's uh, being members of certain Facebook groups, certain LinkedIn groups where you can just you just drop in nuggets of information, um, you know, a, a, an article about how to do breakout rooms in teams. There's a link to it. You know, if, if you're interested in this or, or whatever, you know, get in touch. Those kind of things. You know, you're not you're not sort of putting there's no pricing. There's no contact me now. There's, there's not this. Mm -hmm. Just put it out there and, and, and see what happens. Um, but yeah, word, word of mouth, absolutely. And, and that repeat business, um, because it, it, in a lot of ways, it's a case of, right, okay, guys, I've company A, I've got you into 365, we've migrated you, you're up and running. Um, you can almost guarantee, give it six months, they'll they'll find some button or something new in 365, they'll click it, they won't know what it's doing, or what, and they'll, they'll phone me, and they'll say, can you help us, we're, we're, we're trying out, I don't know, Power Automate. Is that something you can help you? Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and that then snowballs or, or becomes a project or, or becomes um, you know, managed services or whatever that might be. Um, because as, as uh, you know, is generally true in business, it's a lot easier to keep a customer than it is to get a new customer. Um, so yeah, look after the ones you've got um, and, and do the right thing for them. And, and they will typically do the right thing and tell their friends. I think that's, that's right. the key thing is that word of mouth. And, and uh, you know, when, when you set out for the first time, right, how, how did you get your first set of clients? What, what was it that worked for you then, the first, the first client um, or the first set of clients? Well, I suppose that my, other than my contracting, um, I suppose really my very first client was, um, and, and again, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I was working on a contract in, in central London. Um, one of the project managers in, involved in the project, his family had an interest in, in, a, in a business, a, a small business, and they needed some help migrating um, to, uh, it wasn't even exchange online, it was hosted exchange. Um, and he said, would I be able to help? Because I, I understand that, that platform. And I said, yeah, absolutely. And that was the main reason I created the limited company um, to be able to invoice for that job. Um, so that was that was kind of client number one almost. Um, and that was, it was a one-off. It was just a project and a little bit of post-migration support. Um, but then I had the vehicle, the company, um, which I then used for contracting. And as I say, just as a, a way of invoicing. Um, and then I started doing things like people per hour and, and guru.com and so on, just small, you know, uh, 50 pounds here, 150 pounds there, kind of very small jobs. Um, some of which have, I then ended up coming back to me, you know, in some cases I, I, I had one come back literally like two years later, having heard nothing. Oh, you helped us out. Um, would you be able to help us again? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
but and it's then you know the, the direct clients the referral clients the one client that then brings a whole bunch of other business in because they're a web development company and they don't do 365 but they know i do again it's just referrals word of mouth um i don't i don't really do other than google ads which are uh, I just kind of let them go. Um, I don't really push very hard on the marketing side of life, really. It, it just, um, it, it'll probably go wrong at some point, but it, it just keeps coming towards me at the moment, which is which is fine. Um, and I'm not at the point yet where I'm so busy that I have to start saying no. Um, but it, it's mm-hmm. cyclical, you know, we're, we're into the summer now. I expect things to, to go quiet over August because people are on holiday. That's absolutely fine. And I, I can I can take a break as well. And that, that would be good. And then as we get back into September, schools go back, everyone goes back to, to Monday to Friday. Um, I would expect to see it picking up again. And, and then the dip at Christmas and, and then into New Year and then the dip at the end of the tax year and, and then and so on. Um, but we all we all see that. Um, Great. So it's, it's not it's not unusual and, and everyone's prepared for it to a certain extent. Right. When you look back, if you had to change anything or if you had, could do this all over again, what's the one thing that you would change? Oh, good question. Um, the one thing. Weirdly, I think the, the one thing I would probably change actually is around my accounting because I'm using a, a, a SaaS provider for my accounting and it's not one of the well-known ones, um, which means that there's no integration between it and my PSA. So in terms of billing, I'm having to kind of do it on two screens and, and kind of copy and paste. Um, so that's quite time consuming. Um, I'm just trying to think of any other kind of significant thing that I would change. I probably wouldn't have called the company its original name. Um, <laughs> but then back then, I didn't know what I know now. I didn't know the direction I was going in. I was quite happy as, right. a, as, a, as a, an IT contractor. Um, it, it's just and I didn't really have a plan. Um, and uh, in terms of, you know, if I needed to go to the bank today and I don't know, want a business loan or something, they would ask for a business plan. I don't have a business plan. I don't, I don't really have a plan. Um, but I know that I can carry on and kind of incrementally um, increasing revenue, in, increasing um, business and so on year on year, you know, month on month, year on year. Um, and it, it's it's working um, and I'm getting good feedback and I'm, I'm getting you know, an increasing amount of business. Um, so yeah, other, the accounting thing is just a bit fiddly, um, but mm-hmm. it, uh, to, to change it now would be really quite fundamental. And again, if I change to, let's say, Zero or Sage or one of those kind of products or, or, or QuickBooks, I'd need to learn that product as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's enough for me to learn in, in Microsoft and the rest of business without needing to become a kind of a pseudo accountant. Right. And, uh, you know, going back to that that entire question of, you know, as a solo MSP, how do you, uh, you know, manage sales and marketing? Similar to that, um, you know, what are the, when you're so involved in the day-to-day operations, right? How do you ensure or how do you check that the business is doing well? What are the metrics as a solo MSP? You know, when it's a, a, a large MSP with multiple technicians, then, you know, the time spent on tickets per technician, all of those come into play. But in your case, as a solo MSP, what do you suggest are the metrics that other solo MSPs or someone who's starting out should look at? What what uh, what are the measures that you check to ensure, you know, the business is healthy, it's doing well? 
Sure. I, th I think a, a lot of it comes down to the, the accounting side of it. So in, in terms of, right, what did I invoice last month versus this month? Um, what are my expenses looking like? Um, and I know so certainly July for me is is, mm -hmm. is uh, slightly more expensive than some months because I've got things like company insurance and, and right. certain other renewals that have all happened in July. Then you get into August and it's a quiet month and it's like, ah, OK, that, that kind of doesn't work very well because it, you know, things are running low, as it were. Um, I think tracking time has always been quite a key thing for me um i used to do it literally just a little app called toggle um so i can just uh, okay which client is it which project is it go and then remember before i walk away for lunch or something to hit stop um but i've moved a lot of that tracking into uh, my, my psa uh, halo um both in terms of ticketing and also in terms of the project um because uh, i i'm constantly surprised how much time i spend or how, how much time I spend and then realize I'm not tracking that time. And it's like, right, okay, if I, if I tracked it, I can then get the metrics. And more importantly, I can probably build that time. Um, whereas it's like, oh, that is email from a cut. I'll just quickly reply to that. But it might not be quick. It might be 15 minutes I spend writing that email. Well, that, that should have been tracked in it and it could have been billable. Um, and then understanding your overall cost. So I've, I've got a spreadsheet where I track, right, what are my annual costs? What are my monthly costs? What are, what are my costs? What, what is it? What, what, what am I actually costing per hour? Um, mm. And then look at, right, on the basis that I was charging myself out at my standard day rate, uh, you know, assuming, say, 30 days holiday, take off the bank holidays and so on, what could my kind of, if I was just doing projects, what could my annual revenue be? And where am I actually? Um, and, and be able to track that. I think that that's one of the key things. Um, and the other thing is, is just general time management. Um, and I'm I'm guilty of not actually being very good at time management, to, to, to be perfectly frank. I, I will kind of flit between different tasks I, rather than carving out and going, this morning I'm working on project A, this afternoon I'm working on project B. Mm -hmm. I end up chopping it up a lot more than that and task switching, which I know I shouldn't. And it doesn't help because it, it's something like once you're in a task and then if you're broken out of that task, it then takes you quite a long, like 20 minutes, 30 minutes to get back into the flow of it. Um, I am getting better, and, and I think the, t the time tracking and so on helps with that. And um, being able to, you know, budget something for a project and go right. I've quoted the customer three days. I'm going to block that out into, you know, half days or quarter days or whatever, and put it in my calendar, and then make sure that no one books any meetings or I don't book any other meetings over that time, because then I at least have a fair chance of actually spending that time on that project, um, and then be able to to bill it accurately. Um, but yeah, again, like a lot of this, it's a kind of a work in progress. Got that. And aren't we all a work in progress? So <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> and, um, you know, when you, uh, there are a lot of MSPs, especially, you know, considering COVID and considering all the economic uncertainty and all of that, there are, you know, when, when people are struggling, you know, what, do you, what is your, what is your suggestion or what's your message to MSPs who may be struggling, who are uh, you know, struggling with revenue or struggling to scale their business? What, what do you think you know, are the few things that they should focus on which could make things better? Um, I, I think one thing that will, will quite often help, um, and fortunately I've, I've not been in this situation, but most companies, be they MSP or not, they will always have some clients that they could happily get rid of just because they're difficult or they're yes. not cost effective or whatever. Um, and, and whilst, as I said earlier, it, it's easier to keep a client than it is to Sometimes it's actually better to get rid of one client in favor of a, a, a different client. Um, so that's definitely worth a look. Um, I think the other thing is where you've got things like those monthly costs um, and 
um, that monthly recurring revenue. Have those conversations with your suppliers, have those conversations with your vendors in terms of we've been with you a number of years. Is there any way we could get a, a bit more margin on that that product? Or um, can you do us a, a deal on whatever it might be? Because um, a lot of companies, it's almost like if you don't ask, you don't get. Um, okay. And you know, we, even even in my personal life, with things like insurance policies and like the AA membership, you know, it comes up every year. You get the renewal, and it's like, oh, well, that's expensive. Don't just go with it. Shop around, and even if that gives you a little bit of upfront pain in terms of if you're changing from one system to another, if it's that much cheaper, but it still does the same thing, then it may well, in the long run, be worth it. Um, and the other thing is, uh, if it can be automated, try and automate it. I would say, mm. because there's so much capability out there, you know, not only within 365, but you know, things like Zapier and Monday.com, all these other products, they've all got you know, notifications or alerts or automation. Use that functionality, get value for money out of what you're buying from these vendors and what you're paying for, rather than doing stuff the hard way. Right. Any, any other point that, you know, you would like to talk about anything that, you know, you would like to touch upon? And I, I think what I see more and more and I see this from the end customer, from the end client, but also from the MSPs is they don't know what they don't know. Um, and some of it's really tiny stuff. And, and it's almost, it's a training thing. And I'm not a trainer, but I will happily show people how to use particular functions as, as part of a project, as, whatever it might be. And doing that and seeing those kind of light bulb moments where people go, they'll either go, wow, literally mm -hmm. have people in the meeting go oh my god that's brilliant i'm gonna go away and use that yeah or you you just see that little light bulb moment and, and then they 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 go from just kind of sitting there and just using the thing to going does that mean we could do x or oh we we could replace y with that mm -hmm. yes you you probably could and, and it's then into that conversation about okay so is that a five minute thing or is it a five day thing and, and what's the return on investment? Because sometimes you, you, I'm, I'm more than happy to go, yes, you could use SharePoint for that, but it wouldn't be cost effective. You, I would strongly recommend you, you go and look at a third party thing. And mm -hmm. even knowing that that is doing me out of the business simply because it's not the right thing for the customer. I would always want to do the right thing for the customer. Um, but as yeah, understanding. And I think the, you know, the MSP that understands the thing they are offering fully understands it and is using it themselves. As, as Microsoft say, eat your own dog food. If you're not using private channels in Microsoft Teams, for example, you won't fully understand how it could help your customers to use private channels in Teams. Um, and, and, you know, insert name of product here. Um, yeah, un understand your stack, understand the capabilities of what it is you're selling. Um, and then don't sell those things to your customer necessarily. You don't have to go out and go, isn't this great? Give me your money. But what you can do is drop that into a conversation or send them stuff and go, oh, you might want to take a look at this. And quite often they will come back and go, yeah, we've had a look. This sounds really, really good. Can you help us with it? Yes, I can. Because it's then them coming to you rather than you forcing it upon them. Um, I see a lot of technology being, uh, and, and SharePoint always used to be this, this in, in terms of it's a solution looking for a problem. It's like, look, there's SharePoint. You've got SharePoint. Isn't SharePoint great? And the business is like, well, what, what do we use it for? What's in it for me? It's, it's let them discover that in their own time and then help them and guide them along that journey. Right, right. Yeah, it's being, uh, you know, it's being the voice for the customer. It's being doing what is right for them. Being, that's, that's... being the partner. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Partnering yes. with that not, business not to help. Not just a vendor. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes, I think that's a wonderful point to end our conversation on. It's been brilliant, Rob. I think uh, this has been a great chat. I uh, all best wishes to you and thank you so much for joining. Thank uh, you. Thank, thanks for the invite. Podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, listeners, for uh, tuning in. Bye for now. Bye bye.